So if anybody's listening and they're in their 40s or 50s and they're like, yeah, I just I feel like it's over. You know, I feel like there's nothing left. And I'm like, no, it just is getting started. I it really, truly, honestly, I it's just getting started, you know, and it's OK to be a late bloomer. It's OK to be a late bloomer because you know, and I look at my life and, you know, I, you know, I grew up figure skating and it was, I was, I was so consumed with ice skating that socially I was kind of behind. So when I say I was a late bloomer, I truly was in a lot of regard. And, you know, a lot of girls do Playboy at 18, 19. I was wow. 25 when I did Playboy. All right, guys, we are back, and I am super, super excited for my next guest. Her name is Deborah Driggs. Uh, We're going to be talking about how she went from Playboy, CoverGirls, and Centerfold to the top 5% in her profession. We're going to get into everything that she's been through in her life, and I've been trying to get her on my show for the longest time, and it's a true honor, Deborah to have you on my podcast. How are you doing today? Hi, hi, <laughs> hi. Thank you for having me. I'm very happy to be here today. Thank you. Yes, I normally don't get goosebumps, but like just having you, your presence, you have a very good energy. And I, I follow you like on social media. So I'm just so honored to have you on, on the podcast, finally on the On Call Impact. Well, thank you very much. So hopefully we can help somebody today and Something I say resonates with somebody and they'll use it in their personal life or their business, whatever works. Absolutely. Now, before I get started with your qualifications, I mean, we can be here for almost like a half hour. So I'm just going to like pick like the best things for you to talk about. I know that you've been on the uh, Oprah Winfrey show on their ABC special. I know that, you know, you've been on the Playboy Center fold, you know, who Hefner, we're going to get to all of that. Um, There's just so many things that I want to talk to you. So I just want to narrow it down in a chronological order. So I'm just going to let start off by asking you, um, what is it like being a Playboy centerfold and a cover girl? So um, we are talking 30 years have passed. So what it was right. like, <laughs> what it's like now is completely <laughs> different. But what it was like at the time, in 1989, I shot my centerfold. And in 1989, Playboy was the number one magazine in the world. They were getting a thousand submissions a day from all over mm-hmm. the world. Girls were submitting photos trying to be in the magazine. And I had no idea, mm-hmm. you know, my, it wasn't my goal to be in the magazine. I'm, I live in LA and I was mm-hmm. with a modeling agency and my agent called me and sent me to the Playboy building on Sunset and said, you know, they want to, they want to see you for the cover of a new book they're doing called the lingerie book. And that's my story and how it got started. You know, I didn't, I didn't really know much about Playboy, you know, until I, until I started shooting my centerfold and I never pictured myself as somebody that would pose nude. So it was a huge deal. And, um, you know, Playboy changed my life, really. I mean, you know, I, I, I really, really 
just fell in love with Hef. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he mm-hmm. his his vision and who he is. You know, I when I started really learning about just how he paved the way for a lot of people, not just women, and you know, so I had ultimate respect for him, and um, you know, of course, enjoyed going to the mansion and all the parties. Everything you hear about <laughs> that is absolutely true, and right. um, yeah, I mean, it opened doors that probably you know I I wouldn't have gotten called in on certain things. That's just the way it is it, because everybody saw me on the cover of Playboy. I was on the cover of March, uh, excuse me, April, 1990. And when that came out, that was a much bigger deal because then everybody was like, Oh my God, you know, you're on the cover of the magazine. And, 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 um, as you know, now my issue that I was the centerfold in March, 1990 is now a collector's item because Donald Trump is on the cover. Donald, good old Donald. <laughs> I, I just want to like back up here, like just starting off, like before all of this started. I mean, one of the reasons why I wanted you on this podcast, because I know like, I mean, it's, you know, a lot of people go through like trauma and then, you know, they don't think that they're good enough to basically go to a level where, you know, the top elite, I mean, you were at the top 5% of your profession, but there was a time where, you know, this didn't come easy to you. You had to work for it. And that's why I kind of wanted you to come on this podcast to explain to people or anybody that's listening, empath, highly sensitive people, how you overcame your challenges and then you rose all the way on a grand scale, like how did that even start from childhood? Thank you. So, so, you know, let's just start with a girl that barely graduated high school. So that's, this is my background of education. I barely graduated high school, but that doesn't mean I wasn't a smart person. I was very smart. I just didn't apply myself. And so by the time, you know, 2003, 2004 came around, I went through a really you know, a hard divorce. I have three children and it, it came time that I had to work. And all I knew was the entertainment world. All I knew was auditioning and commercials and modeling and acting. I really didn't know the business world. And so in 2006, I went and studied really hard to get my, um, real estate license. And I was really, really nervous about the test because there was a lot of math on the test. And at this time, I'm living in Park City, Utah, and it's 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 it was really hard to get your uh, real estate license. It was a big test. And so when you know, I did the best on the math portion of the test. So it's only because I applied myself. And then, you know, it was the first time in my life, really, and I was 40 something in my early 40s. And it was the first time in my life that I was like, wow, I'm I'm smart you know, and my self-esteem, I had a boost, you know, it wasn't, you know, I, I, I actually can use my brain and, you know, and I felt really good about that. And I worked for a couple of years in the real estate industry. And as you know, 2008, boom, crash. And I worked in a second home market. That was the first market to really, really go down. And so I lost everything really, you know, it's the, I didn't have a backup plan and I had three kids and, you know, we had, you know, I had people you know, it got so bad that I, I, the temple that we belonged to, they were buying us groceries. I mean, it was bad. It was really bad. And so I asked my my husband if he would take the kids so I could figure out what I was going to do. I needed to find work. 
And so, yeah, I went, I, I, 2008 literally brought me to my knees and, you know, I thought, how did I get here? I have no money. The kids have to go live with their dad. I have, I don't know what I want to do with my life. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just like everything, you know, it was yeah. like, and I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that go, yeah, I get it. After this pandemic, we just went through, right. you know, a lot of people have gone through this and they get it, you know, it's, it's bad. It's yeah. bad. Yeah. And so, and by the way, I had reminders of it this last year because my industry that I'm in now, uh, we can come back to that, but my industry also slowed down quite a bit. So I had mm-hmm. reminders of 2008. It was like, <laughs> oh God, no, please not that again. But, you know, yeah. So I had to start over, reinvent myself and figure out, you know, and so, and I had to really, boy, did I have to humble myself. I had to go live with my mom in Ocala, Florida. And I remember I just couldn't get out of bed. You know, I, I, my mom would come in every morning. She's like, do you want some breakfast? And I just look at her and shake my head. No, you know, like I couldn't even get out of bed. And I, I just thought how I'm, I just couldn't. And Anyway, she had a little dog and there was one day she said, will you take Heidi for a walk? Really cute, really cute dog. And you know, that dog saved my life because it got me out of bed. And I said, of course, I'll I'll walk the dog. And then my mom lived in a 55 and over community. And wouldn't you know, you know, every day I'd walk that dog and I'd meet all these people in her community and we'd all meet it. We called it the meeting place with all the dogs. And I knew everybody's name. I knew their dog's name. And I'm thinking, where am I right now? I am like in a 55 and over community, you know, and I, and I don't know what I'm going to do, but those people saved my life. They really did. And they didn't know they were saving my life, but they were. And they gave me, they brought me back. They said, wow, your mom must feel so happy to have you here. And they turned my thinking around without me even knowing it. And so anyway, cut to, you know, I had a couple jobs here and there, you know, that led me to the job that I had success in. And I ended up working for the number one life insurance broker in the United States. And how that happened is just serendipitous. This is the same company that did my husband and I's life insurance when we were married. And I called him up one day and I said, Hey, if I refer you business, can I make money? And he said, go get your license. Deborah, you know, everybody, what are you doing? You know? And, and I thought, okay. And I did, it took me, I studied for two weeks. I went and got my license and in a year life insurance agency for one of the companies we sold for. So, wow. You know, and who, just, and who knew, you know, who knew, <laughs> who you know, knew, right. If you told me <laughs> in 2008, listen, hang in there. Cause in, right. in, in a few years, you're going to be the number one in your business. I would have said you are on glue, honey. Like that is not, <laughs> I can't even like, what are you talking about? I had no idea what was in store for me. And that's the beauty of it. It's like, you know, we can go through these these really hard times, be brought to our knees. But I can tell you, if you just hang around and keep going, and even if it looks really, really, I mean, how much, you know, I thought it can't get any lower than this. I'm yeah. living with my mom. I'm in my 40s and I have no money and my kids are with the dad. 
And my kids are calling me every day, mom, where are you? When are you going to come get us? Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm working on it. How much lower can you get? Right. Well, there's obviously you paid your dues and you've come a long way. And that's the message I, you know, want to give out to all the listeners out there. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of people, especially after the pandemic, that have lost everything, you know, their money, their homes, um, they're living paycheck to paycheck, and they just don't know where they're going. And it takes just one opportunity, and hopefully they can look at just you and see that, you know, what you've kind of been through, what you've overcame, and what you've accomplished, it just takes one thing to kind of make that spark. Um, so one of the things that I'm really excited to kind of talk to you about, um, and I'm sure a lot of people are wondering, is, you know, what's it like being a playmate? How do they treat you? And did you get, I guess, did you get a lot of like hate from, from some people that, you know, that when they found out that you were a, a playmate for uh, Playboy? Well, this is a really great question. I'm going to tell you why. Because in 1989, 1990, that it was a very different time. So there might be some young, young girls listening right now that they live in the time of social media where everything is online. You can <laughs> see everybody's booty. Right. People are shaking their butt. Oh my gosh, look at Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, so if there's girls listening, you know, what I want you to hear is that it wasn't like that. And it was, it was there were people that, you know, I remember I wanted to go uh, you know, you go on tour after you do Playboy, the, you know, you do a lot of promotions and you sign headshots and you meet people. And I really wanted to go to, you know, my my uh, father comes from Moses Lake, Washington, a very small town. And I wanted to go there to, you know, see my family. And I thought I'll do a promotion there. And they didn't want it. Nobody there was mm. interested. It was a small town and they just weren't interested. So it was a very different, different time. That wouldn't be the case today. So, yeah, there were definitely a lot of people that, you know, it was half and half, really, if I really think about it, it was half and half. It was, you know, there were a lot of people that, had, yeah, bring it on, you know, it was super sexy, number one magazine in the world at that time. And then there's people that were just very conservative and weren't going to have anything to do with it. So, but today, you know, Playboy's tame compared to what's out there. Yeah. It's changed. The game has changed. Everything is on, on social media. If you go to Instagram or, you know, any of these social media sites, it's, it's like the new uh, generation of people and you can pretty much see it. See, there's no like filter for a lot of these, uh, these social media uh, platforms, but the thing that the thing that I, I will say, you know, to add, you know, the thing that I think maybe was the most um, concerning for me was, you know, I have I have three kids, and I remember mm. about ten years ago, they're adults now, but I remember about ten years ago when they were like seventeen, eighteen, and twenty, and I said, "What was it like growing up? You have a father who was an Olympic gold medalist." You have, you have a mom that was Playboy Centerfold. What was it like for you? You know, and they all looked at me and it was really interesting because they, it was the first time I think anybody ever really asked them that, you know, and I said, what was it like for you? Because, you know, it's at some point their, their friends in school were like, your mom was in Playboy. I, you know, it just gets out. Right. And, you know, you <laughs> can, yeah. and, and. 
and they were like, yeah, it was a little weird, but then it was like, so what, you know? And, um, right. you know, obviously we had a much deeper conversation, but I'm just giving you like, right. That that was a concern of mine, like how it affected them. And, you know, you know, I have, I have, uh, one daughter who is a musician and kind of going down, down that road of entertainment. So, but you know, the other, they're, they're all three artists, which is interesting, but yeah, I was, the big concern for me was how it was going to affect them. And, and, you know, now, like I said, it's not a big deal. Playboy's pretty tame compared to what's out there. (laughs) And now you've, you've, you know, even got into a little bit of acting. It looks like it opened up doors for that. And you guested with Oprah Winfrey and um, a couple other um, people in the Hollywood uh, arena. I mean, you, what, what is your life like now? Like uh, after Playboy and uh, being a centerfold and transitioning and, you know, to being a legitimate actor? Well, my life is really very different. You know, it's very quiet and, you know, I am, I'm in a different space, you know, I'm in a different space. I, I wrote a book during the mm-hmm. pandemic and, you know, we're rewriting it right now and it's, you know, memoir, it's got a lot of, you know, uh, childhood trauma that I discuss and not, not in a victim way, but in a way to share probably how I did end up in the entertainment world. You know, my first addiction was attention. You know, I really wanted a lot of attention. And, um, and so it's really quiet. I, I'm working on a book. I, I, I guest on podcasts like, like yourself. And, you know, it's, it, it is, you know, I'm in business too. So it's, you know, I invest and I look at startups and I have like, who would have thought, you know, that, that, you know, I always say, I laugh now because I'm like, here I was trying to be an actress and, mm-hmm. and all that. And what I w- really should have been doing was being the business manager. You know, I should have been managing all these people because that's my forte. You know, it's like, I didn't know. I didn't know that about myself. I had to find that out. That's why I said, if you stick around when you're going through a tough time, you find out things about yourself that you would never have known if it didn't mm-hmm. happen. If the bad, if the hard time didn't happen, you would mm-hmm. never know what you're capable of. Right. I'm sure a lot of the listeners are wondering, I mean, most of the people that tune in, um, I mean, they've been through trauma. Some of them are still working on it. And they, you know, some of the people that I've talked to made great strides and they have big dreams. I mean, in life, you know, and there's no, I guess there's no like magic age and you're never too old or, you know, there's no perfect time. What would you say to that person? Cause I mean, obviously you've, you've met with Oprah, you know, Tony Robbins, Richard Branson, you've been with the best, you know, and and you're at a level which a lot of people just dream of being at at one day. Do you think that there's a certain like uh, blueprint or do you have to hit a mold like, okay, if I don't become this by age 40 or 50, is am I over the hill? Can I even do this? You know, what, well, what would you say to someone like that? Honey, this is why everyone's going to read my, <laughs> this is why everyone's going to read my book because I'm a late bloomer. I'm a late bloomer. I'm 57 and my life is just starting right now. You're not 57. I saw your pictures. I am 57. (laughs) That's, that is my, 
That is one of my quotes is aging gracefully oh is a full-time job because it is. It's a full-time job. Yes, there is a blueprint, yeah. by the way. It's a very good question. And yes, I have been in rooms with Tony Robbins and Richard Branson. Yeah. And I will tell you this. If you're in a room, you know, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. You've heard this saying, and it's so true. You know, I really had to stretch myself and put myself in situations that really scared me. So for me to be in a room with Richard Branson, you know, and 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 hearing him talk and listen to him. And I remember he would like turn to me and say, and what do you think about that, Deborah? And I just froze, <laughs> you know, it's like I, nothing, nothing brilliant was going to come out of my mouth because I just completely right. froze. But, you know, that's the beauty of growing and learning is putting yourself in those situations where you you really do it forces you to grow because then I thought about it afterwards and I thought you know I wish I would have asked him this this or this and and yeah so I I I do follow Tony and I do follow Richard I follow uh, Jesse Itzler and Sarah Blakely I follow people and look at what their patterns are what is it that they're doing on a regular basis and so there is a very a very you know kind of uh, pattern between all these people that are successful, they all kind of do similar things, not all completely the same, but there is a similarity. They get up early, they meditate, they work out, and they work, but they don't make work everything. You know, they have more of an option. There's a balance. There's a balance. And, And for a long, it took me a very long time to figure out that there had to be a balance. I spent so much time, you know, in this hard grit, you know, like I remember just putting it out in the universe. I just need to get my kids through school. If I could just get my kids through school, everything will be okay. You know, if I could just survive until, you know, and this is what I was putting out there. And of course that all happened. I got my kids through school and I, and did all that, but it was all in this survival mentality. And now it's like, now I'm just a little bit more relaxed. You know, I learned my lessons later on in life. So if anybody's listening and they're in their 40s or 50s and they're like, yeah, I just, I feel like it's over. You know, I feel like there's nothing left. And I'm like, no, it just is getting started. I it really, truly, honestly, I, it's just getting started, you know, and it's okay to be a late bloomer. It's okay to be a late bloomer because you know, and I look at my life and, you know, I, you know, I grew up figure skating and it was, I was, I was so consumed with ice skating that socially I was kind of behind. So when I say I was a late bloomer, I truly was in a lot of regard. And, you know, a lot of girls do Playboy at 18, 19. I was wow. 25 when I did Playboy. I mean, that's one thing I want to just point out right now to everyone that's listening. I mean, there is no magic age. Anything could happen anytime. I know a lot of people like started to find themselves after 50 building huge businesses and, you know, just changing the world. I mean, there is, I mean, age, I mean, truly in this day and age, like with the internet and there's so many opportunities, I feel like you can reinvent yourself any age, anytime, anything could happen tomorrow. But I think one of the biggest challenges, especially for the empaths out there, they're um, 
you know, especially with the ones with anxiety, I'm, I use, I am one of them too. It's like, we're always looking in the future. Like I'll be happy fill in the blank when, you know, so I'm looking at, I'll be happy when I have, you know, a hundred episodes and like a hundred thousand listens on the, you know, so I'm always looking in the future instead of like stepping back and just taking the moment and say, look how far I've come. And like you said, all those, those people that you've met with, like the big names, the Oprah's, uh, you know, the Branson's, uh, the Hugh Hefner's, they all have, uh, you know, like that, you know, meditation, the exercise, they keep their youthfulness. I'm looking at your pictures, actually. I'll put this on the show notes or on the social media, the before and after pictures. And it's just, I mean, my, <laughs> I don't know what to say, like, because you look great on both pictures. And, you know, I, I would like to be like that when I get in, in my late fifties as well. And I try to eat healthy and, you know, exercise and do whatever I can. But it, I mean, how much would you say is the mind, the body, and being like, and and actually feeling fulfillment? Because you you had, I mean, you're you had your challenges balancing your life as an actress, as a mother with three children. How did you do all of that and keep your sanity and and keep your looks going as far as if you as you come? It's that it. <laughs> It's so funny. I looked older. <laughs> I looked older when my kids were younger because, and I'm joking really, but, you know, cause I didn't sleep, you know, I had three babies in three years and I, there was very little sleep. I remember my big day was if I got a shower, you know, it was like, oh my God, I got a shower today. But, you know, I think people ask me all the time, how, how do you look so young? I want to do what you're doing. <laughs> and I say, well, one, I don't never smoke cigarettes. Because that'll age you so fast. Don't smoke cigarettes. Don't go in the sun. Or at least don't let your face go in the sun because it'll just age you. It really does. A quick, quick too. It happens fast. And, um, and then, you know, I do a lot of yoga. I do a lot of stuff internally. And I think when you're doing stuff internally, it, sh- it shows externally. And I don't, I don't do a lot of stuff. You know, I haven't. I've, so far, I have escaped any type of surgery. Wow. You know, I've done, so you, I've done, you never had any uh, professional uh, plastic surgery or anything? Not on my face. No, no, wow. no. And so, no, I've done a little, a little, you know, I've done a little Botox, Botox. Here, yeah, yeah, here and there, but I, even that, I don't really like it. And so, you know, I just try to keep it really simple. And um, I'm really into oxygen right now. I do a lot of oxygen facials. And, um, and, uh, I did do stem cells a couple of years ago, which was really interesting. I, in 2018, I went to Panama and did stem cells. So, you know, I'm sure that has a lot cause that rejuvenates all the cells in your body. So, you know, I do, I have things that I do and I'm always looking into great anti-aging, um, products, you know, things that right. I, anything to avoid having surgery, you know, I'm just not a big fan of it. So. You eat healthy, you meditate, you know, you, you try to live a stress-free life as best as you can. And like, what would you say would be like the number one thing that, I mean, for anyone that's listening, especially, um, you know, if they don't have like the, the same access to like, you know, all the stem cells and all that, what would be like the first thing? Cause I know I had a lot of guests that say sleep is 
by hands down like the number one thing for for just overall health, you know, keeping your age looking vibrant. What what do you think worked for you the best? Absolutely sleep and yoga. Mhm. Yoga is I've heard that yoga, so many times. Yoga is anti, is an anti-aging exercise, you know, and you know it's funny because I used to do adventure racing as a, as part of my story and I did it for about 4 years. And it's really, really like intense, you know, it's running and mountain biking and kayaking and it's just a really heavy sport. But, you know, those things, you know, can also, you know, uh, how do I say this? You know, when you do, when you run and all that, that can be an aging thing too. So you have to be really careful how, how hard you work your body. So, cause that stress of that can age you. So I'm just to keep it really simple. I, I love to hike. I love to walk and I love to do yoga and that is it. And I love to swim in the, I love, love, love the water. Any type of like, if I could be on a lake or in the ocean, I love it. Um, I love going in the ocean. So yeah, I keep it very simple now. And I was just listening to uh, Brooke Shields an interview with Brooke Shields. Oh uh, yeah, Brooke. Yeah, um, she looks good too. <laughs> she looks amazing, but she broke just recently broke her femur, her hip bone, and I was listening oh. to her story and I was like, "Oh my god," because if, you know, she and I are about the same age. And it's like, "Oh my god," listening to her story, I was like, it's it, it, you know, you just don't want to get injured at the at our mm-hmm. age, you know. It's like so I right. I avoid anything that I think I might get injured. I'm like, no, I don't need to do that anymore. I did all the hardcore sports, ice skating, adventure racing, mountain biking. So now I just keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Keep it simple and don't put any stress on my body. Right. So just to kind of change gears here um i just want to clear this up all the all the rumors and everything with the you know playboy uh playmates and the mansion and the whole lifestyle when and i'm just wondering for myself and i'm sure a lot of people are wondering but when you were going to these heft parties and you know mingling with so many people we see when i was growing up back you know 80s 90s i would see on television i would be like wow look at all all this stuff that's going on there. I mean, how much is it like for, I guess, for the show and say that is true? I would say two words. Anything goes. (laughs) You heard it here, folks. I don't know. I was just. That's all I'm going to say. So now you've come so far um, as far as life. How do you like view yourself now and how, has your life come full circle? Because I mean, you've you've accomplished quite a bit, and um, I mean, it's just really a, a very inspirational. Thank you. Um, I've worn many hats in my life, many hats. I've done many different types of jobs. I've had many different types of relationships. I've raised three kids. I am I am now in a place in my life where I call it recovery. And not a scary recovery, but I'm in a recovery place in my life where I am now taking the time to really heal some childhood trauma, to share my stories that in the hope that that might help somebody else, and really just being of service. You know, I think that 
at the end of the day, what came full circle for me is that my purpose in life is to just be of service and to be very humble and to really appreciate with so much love in my heart, the experiences that I have had the opportunity to have. And, you know, I don't take any of it for granted. I I know that I am very blessed with the experiences, the people, the life that I have really really had the opportunity to be a part of, you know, and, and I, and I say that really just from the deepest place in my heart that I, I really appreciate all my, all, everything that's ever happened to me, good and bad because, and, and, you know, and by the way, the bad parts when you're going through it seem like so scary, so scary and so dark. But really when I look back, I go, wow, you know, I survived that. And and that means more to mm-hmm. me than being on the cover of any magazine. Honestly. That is truly uh amazing and and you're I mean I could just feel like you know you're a good person inside and out and you know a lot of times when you go in through Hollywood and you do all this, you know, a cover of magazines, it changes you, the money changes you, but you stay true to your roots and you came back for a full circle and now you're, you're giving that energy back to the world. And they really appreciate that. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. That's where I am now. (laughs) When I was in it, I was a completely different person. I was ran, I ran my life by my ego and my, you know, I was a complete, completely different person, you know, and that's okay. You know, because again, I had to learn, I had to be that asshole to learn to be the good, the better person, the the better version of myself, the true authentic person that I think, you know, that we're all born, born to be. I can hear it through your voice and, and your spirit. So I appreciate you definitely taking the time to be on this podcast today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And hopefully somebody enjoyed or got something out of this. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. before we take off, can you just tell us where we can find you on social media and what your ongoing experience with the media media is um, coming up in 2021 and beyond? Uh, right now, I am on Instagram at Deborah Driggs. Correct spelling is D-E-B-O-R-A-H-D-R-I-G-G-S. So Deborah Driggs on Instagram and everything I'm doing, I'm posting there right now. I'm also on LinkedIn. I put, you know, if I'm well, those all got canceled, but last year I was going to start, I was going to start doing a little bit of speaking. I did one in January of 2020. And then after that, everything got canceled. So, so now I'm just working from home. Uh, LA is still not quite a hundred percent back. So I'm just working from home and, uh, my book should be out by the end of the summer. That is the goal. And um, I am going to be putting up a website and it'll be on Instagram probably in the next month or two. So stay tuned because that's where everything will be be posted and all my podcasts and all of that, all of that. There you have it. You're always welcome back, Deborah. And it was a pleasure having you on my podcast thank today. Thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Thank you. God bless everybody. Thank All right. You. All right, guys, there you have it. I uh, hope you guys uh, enjoyed this episode. I certainly did. Stay tuned for the next episode and uh, please rate and share this episode with anyone uh, that might uh, need to hear this. And just remember, guys, you guys are never alone. So with that said, we are out. <laughs> 
All right. You're listening to the On Call Impact.